Welcome to the Pocono Raceway Podcast, powered by ESPN 840. I'm your host, Kevin, alongside JJ. Hi, JJ. Hi, Kevin. How are you? Uh, pretty good, man. Inaugural one. Yeah, that was pretty good. That was a great intro, by the way. Thank you so much. I mean, mic drop on that one. Might as well just walk out. All right, Can't cool. get any better than that, can Well, fans, it was great talking to you. Uh, welcome to the Pokemon Raceway Podcast. We are in the um, ESPN 840 studios in Stroudsburg, Pennsylvania, with our wonderful friends here from Connoisseur Media, who are nice enough to partner with us and uh, allow for us to use their studio in order to host what we hope will become a weekly podcast series for the racing season. Uh, we have some great guests lined up for the first couple, um, including someone named uh, Nick Igdalski. Oh, Nick's coming? Yeah. All right. He's an ARCA driver. I, so I hear. <laughs> Retired. <laughs> Retired ARCA driver. Retired ARCA driver until he gets money to run the ARCA race. But now he's like CEO of Pocono Raceway. I don't I don't know if he... I, I mean, it'd be a great story how many other CEOs in the industry are running their own ARCA car. Um, the guy that runs Martinville still runs. Does he really? Uh, yeah, he still runs a modified. Wow. Yeah, Clay. Clay <laughs> runs a modified. <laughs> That's pretty cool. He ran like the Daytona uh, the truck race a couple years ago, yeah. the ARCA race. Hmm. Yeah. It'd be cool to see Nick again. Strap up, put the fire suit on, get to work. If he needs any team members, I'm more than willing. You can pick a member? Absolutely. Or I'll be the crew chief. Oh, okay. Yeah. To be like, ah, put your rounds up, rear end screw in there. I'll be like, I have no idea what you're talking about. That's pretty dangerous because if, if you screw up, he's not going to, you, you might lose a job both there and in the office. Yeah, but think about how epic that would be if you lose your job, <laughs> but you could still say that you were, I was a crew chief once. Yeah. Yeah. With the yeah. greats. With the greats, yeah. the greats like Nick Igdalski. And yeah. I can tell people such. that I was like Chad Knauss. All right. And Steve Letard. Easy now. He, and new NASCAR Hall of Famer, Ray Everham. Yeah. Yeah, I was at the Hall of Fame um, induction a couple weeks ago and had a pretty much a blast watching Ray Everham get inducted, mm-hmm. watching uh, Robert Yates. That was a pretty cool deal they had. Um, Robert Yates actually wrote a letter before he mm-hmm. passed away, and... Uh, Dale Jarrett, his driver, read it aloud, and it was there wasn't a dry eye in the in the entire room. You know, I was actually watching with uh, with our old pal Kevin Teal at the time, and I said that exactly. And I said, "I bet you there's not a dry eye in the house." It was, it was pretty powerful. It, it was. was. It was. It was pretty epic to watch that. Um, a couple other greats got inducted, right? Ron Horday Jr. I, I mean, I, I loved that one. I love. Uh, I I loved watching him walk out on stage with a hat on. I was very. Uh, Ron mumbles a lot, it, but it was great. But you couldn't understand his speech. But it was totally Ron Hornaday. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what I was, I was like. He's like NASCAR's dad. It was awesome. Yeah. And, and the cool thing about Ron Hornaday, um, to kind of give a little segue, the host or the guest for our next episode, our next podcast, um, slept on his couch. Mm. Just like so many drivers in the sport, and that's a story that was never told about Ron, mm-hmm. is the amount of star power and NASCAR Monster Energy NASCAR Cup Series drivers who have won championships in that series. Who got their start in the sport and legit slept on Ron Hornaday's couch? I mean, his family—he calls it his family. His family's probably half of the garage. I hope it was a comfortable couch. It had to have been. <laughs> Carl Edwards slept on his couch. Harvick slept on his couch, and then Harvick returned the favor, obviously, by yep. revitalizing his truck career. So, you know, cool, cool, cool things there. Um, so, the whole premise of this podcast, and we're going to move forward with it, moving into the entire season is going to be how you got your start. Mm-hmm. Um, so, JJ, mm. how how did you get your start in motorsports? How did I get my start? So, uh, I, I'm I'm pretty, grew up pretty local to the track. 
Um, I think I went to my first race when I was probably about four or five years old. My dad took me sitting in the grandstands. Uh, naturally progressed to uh, the infield in the in the late nineties, which was uh, a lot of fun to you say. You've seen some stuff. I've seen some things. I was uh, let's just say I haven't missed a race since. Uh, um, there you go. After after school, I, I, I needed an internship, and uh, from uh, from the great uh, Penn State University, needed an internship. Um, kind of just threw it at the wall at, to see if it would stick. I, I, I sent uh, sent a Facebook message, I think, to you actually, um, the Pocono Raceway Facebook, asking if you guys took interns. Um, next thing you know, I, uh, I I was I was interviewing with. I'm the, not shaking my head right now because that does. <laughs> I can't believe I did that to myself. Now that you work for and, me, and look where we are now. Oh, you work, you work, you work for me, which yeah, is weird. It's amazing. So, so got got the internship. Um, pretty much told Brandon, who was our our CEO at the time. I was like, Brandon, I'm, it was it was like October, and I was still there. He's like, What are you still doing? I'm like, I'm, I'm not going anywhere. So just get used to me hanging around, man. Like I'm not leaving. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, the the next the next spring, uh, our, our current president Ben gave me a. Give me a call with an opportunity, and uh, I, I guess it went well because I'm still here. I think it goes very well. What people don't realize about JJ is that they see him as the overacting person, as my <laughs> mother would call him, of the Tricky Chronicles, our weekly video series that can be found on our social media channels. But besides that, JJ does a tremendous job with our promotions side of the business and has uh, done ridiculous things. He's so organized when it comes to that and not trying to touch it too much because I want people to or you to get a big head, but Never. he does He does a good job. But by far, obviously, one of my favorite things was last year's Chronicles uh, when you brought out <laughs> the uh, I Got a Guy Guy. The uh, the I Got a Guy Guy has since um, kind of taken off, I guess. I think he, he made a, made an appearance as a used car salesman later <laughs> in the series. <laughs> with the Blaney's with, balloons. With the Blaney's balloons. <laughs> and um, I, have, I have a sneaking suspicion he's going to show up in season three. I don't know how, I don't know when, I don't know if he should, but I, <laughs> I think he might have to. It's a whole, it's like, it's like your split personality there because it's kind of you, but it's not you. It's it's you on steroids mm. and it's um, unbelievable. Why don't you give us a little bit of, give us, a, I mean, the audience is going to want to hear it now that we're talking so, about it and may not have seen those videos. Oh man. Come on down to Blaney's Balloons and get yours today. <laughs> So the premise of that is our, uh, our 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 June race winner Ryan Blaney um, has a podcast with NASCAR. Um, mm-hmm. Last year he had one, and uh, the crazy part about it was they would talk about all sorts of stuff, which um, we're probably not going to get into uh, farting and pooping. <laughs> but that was the premise of a video. It was, it was an interesting video to shoot. I'll it be was, honest with you. And um, that was uh, if if you haven't had a chance. Go back, fans, and look on our YouTube page because it was pretty epic to to just watch JJ shine. Um, <laughs> and that character was actually built originally when we did the um, the dating game, the dating game, the ticket dating game. Yes, where you where you where you got a guy. You know, I got a guy, and if you're looking for something, uh, maybe a little something different, uh, we'll go down and check him out. Uh, see if he's uh, see if he's got something for us. You know. <laughs> So JJ, while we're waiting, uh, I think uh, our uh, our first guest ever on the podcast mm-hmm. of our first ever podcast here in ESPN 840 Studio in Stroudsburg, Pennsylvania. First of many. Um, we uh, Nick Dalski is going to be calling us soon, but prior to Nick calling, um, 
what what do you think you want to talk to Nick about? What what's the one question you are craving to hear because it's going to be on air, unedited, unfiltered. <laughs> so so the great thing about working for Pocono and the family aspect and how far how just how deep into it Nick is, I want to hear Nick's uh, maybe a story Nick hasn't told before. Nick, I've heard a lot of stories from Nick about his uh, growing up as the track was being built and and, and growing. Um, so I kind of want to hear. Uh, what what was the one thing he got in the most trouble for um, by by Doc, his grandfather and the builder of the racetrack when growing up? What what got him in the most trouble? All right. Well, I think we are now joined by Pocono Raceway CEO Who? Nick Igdalski. Nick, are you there? I was an angel. I never got in trouble <laughs> for anything. For some reason, I don't believe that. <laughs> I mean, he told me earlier today that he wasn't the bad one. No. No. I believe the exact quote was, I was the one that uh, got caught the least. <laughs> got caught the least. That's all yes. that matters. Well, that's good. <laughs> um, so, Nick, yeah. thanks for joining us on, on the uh, Pocono Race Week podcast powered by ESPN 840. Um, so definitely want to jump right in. And um, the whole premise of our podcast is definitely how people got their start in this industry. And I, I think a story that's been shared um, at least a lot of our fans know, but some fans outside the area may not know, is um, kind of how your grandfather and grandmother, um, you know, Doc Mattioli and, and Dr. Rose, got their start in racing and, and how they ended up kind of building this empire in the Northeast that is now Pocono Raceway. Yeah, great stories along the way. Um, really, what the start of it was Doc and Rose, uh, you know, Doc specifically was into some real estate speculation and some commercial properties in the Pocono Mountains. He was uh, an investor in some of the ski areas around here. He also uh, bought a lot of commercial land and subdivided it and made some developments. I made good money off of that. He started another ski mountain, which was called Timber Hill. Back in the day, a small ski mountain up uh, up near the Cresco area, and uh, it's, it was renamed um, uh, Alpine Mountain later on. Uh, still open to this day. Uh, it was purchased by, uh, just sold and was purchased by another family here just a few months back, I remember. Um, so he was into real estate. He even did some uh, golf courses, some golf course construction down in the Philadelphia area. So during one of his trips up here, he was he was a, a licensed pilot. He had a small plane pilot's license, so he would fly up from Philadelphia. Uh, he had a dental practice, and Rose had a podiatry practice, uh, both in the basement uh, or the downstairs of their home in Northeast Philadelphia. Um, they shared. So it was a, a dual. Room. It was a dual doctor office. Yeah, well, it wasn't dual. It was, you know, they had the downstairs of the basement, which we loved to play in as kids, <laughs> all the tools and <laughs> all the dentist tools and everything. And we used to play in there. Um, they shared a waiting room, and then each waiting room door, there would be two doors, one leading to Dr. Rose's exam rooms and one leading to uh, to Doc's exam room. So the the ongoing joke, it was uh, it was head to toe with Rose and Joe, she was <laughs> and she was a podiatrist. So, um, and they just recently sold that house. Um, you know, they, a couple of years ago, they they had still we still had the house and all of the dentist, uh, the, his chair and everything that he used, even the tools, was transported up here to a museum that's attached to uh, Dr. Rose's house currently. Um, so one of the trips he had flown up here, flew into the Mount Pocono Airport to check on the um, uh, the development he was working on at the time. Um, um, 
and he was stopped at the airport by a gentleman who was looking for investors of this racetrack that they were trying to build in a spinach field up here uh, on top of the mountain near Blakesley. Like Popeye's spinach? Popeye's spinach, yeah. This was uh, the Pokemon wow. was, was a spinach farm prior to race cars going around here. Um, and the, he, he filed in as an investor. He thought it was a great opportunity to invest in some more commercial property in the area. Um, you know, they kept asking for a little bit more money and a little bit more money, a little bit more in, and and you know, all of a sudden he found himself you know, pretty well invested in this property. Um, and there were some disagreements along the way. It, this originally was supposed to be a purpose-built road course uh, along the lines of a Lime Rock or Watkins Glen. And, uh, you know, Doc and Rose didn't know anything about racing when they first got involved. Uh, you know, when he first learned that he, when Rose first learned that Doc had invested a little bit into a racetrack, uh, project. They had never been to a race. So one day after church on a Sunday, in their Sunday finest, which in that day consisted of white dresses and gloves um, for the ladies, Doc took the three kids and rose to a, I believe it was a race at New Egypt Speedway in New Jersey. I could be wrong on that, but that, I believe that's how I recall the story. Um, uh, New Egypt is a dirt track, or was a dirt track at that time, and, and they leave covered. Uh, they sat up front, not knowing, not knowing what would happen. So their front row seats in their finest church outfits. Uh, Rose was furious. She didn't know what Doc had gotten them into, and uh, but it, it all came to fruition. You know, he started doing much more research. If that's one thing, when he dove into a project, he he became an expert in that field in a short period of time. Uh, just kept reading and, and learning uh, anything he could and talking to experts or industry leaders that have already been there. And that's really what happened. He started reaching out to the France family and the Holman family out in Indianapolis. And they had a different theory on things. They said, you know, the big tracks are where the future is going to be. The big super speedways is what you need to look at. You can always build a road course later inside the track. And, uh, and so there was a fundamental disagreement between the investors, and uh, eventually Doc, um, you know, he got his way. He, he he bought out just about every investor from that point forward, and that's where he's been. You know, the family's been the majority owners, uh, not since inception, but very shortly thereafter. That's amazing. And then, I mean, what he's been able to build and what he overcame. Um, you know, there are a lot of ups and downs, obviously, in this industry, and uh, it's amazing to see what he has built and what he has created, and kind of what he's passed on to. Um, you know, now uh, the fourth generation, I mean, I know you're technically the third generation of the family, but the fourth family member to ever become CEO of Pocono Raceway. So uh, tell us a little about your start and where, where you got started and how you didn't get caught doing random things working for Doc and maybe some quote unquote disagreements you may have had with Doc because we know we all know it was his way or the highway. So um, you were never kicked out to the highway, obviously, to become CEO of our company. But share a little bit about your background and where you started and how you eventually got to where you are now. Yeah, still, for actually, first, the, still the only third, this is the third CEO. Third uh, CEO. Doc Brandon, yeah, Doc Brandon and myself, that's been it. Um, uh, so, you know, we got started coming up here and working in the summers at a pretty young age. Um, we spent the summers with our grandparents pretty much, and, um, you know, from junior high on. Um, and, you know, my first job here was uh, was sewage treatment. <laughs> we would pump out septic tanks and go to the sewage plant and empty the, empty the tanks out. Poop, um, poop emoji. Hashtag poop yeah, emoji. Sounds yeah, like a pretty crappy gig. Yeah. Seems like a crappy gig. <laughs> it was actually, uh, it was actually didn't mind it at all. The, uh, the, the technology, we didn't have the finest equipment uh, to do this at the time, so it took us about 15 minutes to fill up the truck, and it, it, it took us about 45 minutes to empty it. So... Uh, <laughs> 
So uh, there was some built-in naps into my schedule there at, at 12, 13 years old. It was well appreciated after waking up that early. Um, so I got started doing that. Uh, Brandon's first job was picking garbage. Uh, thankfully, the year I started, after he started, they started to outsource that gig. So I, <laughs> I, I skipped the garbage pickup and went straight to the poop. Um, and, and from there, we you know started running some equipment. Uh, you know, did a lot of grass mowing. Worked with the welding crew for a couple of years. Did a lot of painting, a lot of ditch digging, and then jumped up from you know we, we essentially did two years, at least two years in in every department that we were interested in. So I did two years in. Uh, maintenance, did two years in, in hospitality and catering, um, did a couple years, uh, you know, working under uh, Bob Plebman, Bob Palo in, in communications and sales. Um, and then, uh, you know, by that time, it was college time. And uh, I went to school, a little school in North Carolina, where I happened to meet um, a guy named Ben May. Oh, I like that guy. He's a nice guy. Yeah, he's a nice guy. Pretty good, pretty stand-up dude. And, uh, you know, 22 years later, you know, here we are as uh, president and CEO of the track. And, that's it. you know, I can't think of a, a better person to work side by side with. Um, but that was it. You know, coming up through college, you know, I went in to Elon, uh, business administration, mark concentrations in both marketing and management. I kind of knew where I was going to go in the future. I had some opportunities to try different things. My first gig outside of college was actually working for um, a gentleman named Tom Cotter. And back in the day, in the late 90s, early 2000s, he had a, a company called Cotter Communications or the Cotter Group. Um, and he was one of the, a pioneer in the sense that, you know, Tom was one of the first ones to bring in a lot of different aspects of motorsports into one office building. So he had driver representation there. We had a show car program. He had hospitality um, uh, among other things. So when a sponsor came in, for instance, at the time, Mike Skinner was in the Lowe's car and Delana Harvick was, um, she wasn't Delana Harvick at the time. I don't remember her last name back then, but she was the head of the Lowe's Mike Skinner account. Uh, it was back in the day when Michael Holligan, the builder, was in the sport for a short period of time. It was a Jerry Nadeau sponsored car. Bill Elliott was driving for McDonald's and uh, Chad Little was driving for the John Deere team. And we represented all those Either JJ is shaking or, his head in approval of McDonald's and John Deere. Yes, See, there absolutely. You go. And I know, <laughs> I, I know, Kevin would be uh, big on the Chad Little fan. <laughs> <laughs> My first job out of college was selling show car appearances across the country, and they would. Uh, it was before email uh, was readily available, and I, I remember sending hundreds of faxes a day. You know, mapping out a route where the guys were going to be going through town, whether to the races or to another promotion in these show cars and simulators. And uh, just hitting every car dealer, uh, you know, restaurant, you name it, whoever we thought we could sell a show car appearance to, just faxing, faxing, faxing incessantly what throughout year, the day. What year was that, Nick? Uh, 99, I believe. How old, JJ, are you? Were you like? I was six. <laughs> yeah. Son of a gun. <laughs> like, talk about how young. I mean, we were talking about, I was talking to Nick's office earlier. We just we just uh, have a new intern with us from Kutztown University, Alyssa, who's in the studio. Hi, hi, Alyssa. <laughs> She's in here. Um, and Nick said to her, like, when were you born? And looked up at me. And I, I stopped asking people who we hire that are younger than me. No, what, I, the, what did she, what year did she graduate high school? That makes me feel <laughs> old. Well, you were talking about email. And I don't know, like, I can honestly tell you, and this, it's strange for me being born in, in the early 80s. Fax machines for me are prehistoric. Like, I don't even understand how to use them. I have no idea. I've sent a fax once in my life, and I had to be coached through it. 
I've been coached time. every time since been in Pocono for the last <laughs> seven, eight years on how to use a fax because I have no idea. So I can't even imagine what that was like, just everything being faxed. And uh, Nick, I remember Bob Plebin told me a story that when they used to send out race reports, all the media members, when fax machines came out, would literally line up behind the fax machine to get their stories in on a deadline. <laughs> and it was geez, it was mayhem. It was just pure mayhem because it was the only way to get your story printed to make the five o'clock news if it was a one o'clock race. I can't even imagine. Yeah. I see what the media center's like now. I can't even imagine what that was like. <laughs> <laughs> and that's just to get something printed. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so Nick, um, Definitely want to talk about this because it's a highlight for us. Um, I still have a very near and dear um, hero card, um, the Mod Space 96 car, yeah. um, and that is signed by one Nick Igdalski. And um, I, we, were, we were kidding before you came on about how great it would be if we had kind of a throwback race to where you were driving um, at Pocono Raceway as a CEO. Because I, I think the only other executive from a racetrack is Clay down in Martinsville, who still runs a modified, if I remember correctly, um, and maybe some ARCA and some truck stuff from time to time. Um, but definitely would want to know if you want to do that. Uh, JJ said he'd be your your, your pit crew member. Um, I, I've never seen him. I mean, he lifts stuff for promotional purposes. I, I could probably clean the grill off, and if he needs a water bottle, I can definitely get that through the window to him. And um, I'm willing to be your crew chief for one reason and one reason only. I mean, I'm going to be fired probably the first five laps, and I know nothing about strategy. But I yeah. just want to. I want to. I want to have one start in my career as a crew chief because I'm not going anywhere as a driver. We all know this. I'm terrible when it comes to driving. You won't fit in a car, Kevin. You're like <laughs> you're like six thirteen. Michael, like, Michael Waltrip did it. It was fine. <laughs> so so, what do you think? Can we get can we get some of your old bandmates back together and some of your new guys that you have? I mean, you got some young talent at the racetrack. We'll we'll help you out. We'll get that car set up for you to. Well, I'm glad you. I am by no means retired. I'm just on hiatus. So uh, yeah, I, I've made it known to some folks that I would absolutely love getting back in an ARCA car again. Um, uh, you know, the one deal I made with my wife a few years back was was you know I don't cut checks for the uh, for the ride. So we'd have to find some partners there that are willing to pony it up. ESPN eight forty. ESPN eight forty out of uh, out of wonderful Stroudsburg. They'll they'll fund it. <laughs> there you go. Mod space. Uh, I still, it's tremendous. You know, I started racing with mod space back in 2009. Uh, we did a one-off ARCA race at New Jersey Motorsports Park, and uh, um, you know, from that point on, we signed them for for a whole year. The next year, and uh, they still put me in a couple cars each year. You know, I do some MX5 Cup events. Uh, this year, I'll be doing uh, uh, Road America. And uh, Monticello, I've never been up to Monticello, so I'm, I'm pretty anxious to go visit those guys up there and, and check out that uh, facility. I've heard some great things about it. Um, so yeah, I still get in the car about two or three times a year. Um, I like getting in, having six month breaks, and just jumping in <laughs> with no practice. I can still run up there. Uh, you know, uh, winning races is uh, it, it's not quite in my. If I did it regularly, I'd probably have a much better chance. But you know, I'm, I'm looking for top tens every time we go out in, in those kind of fields. Uh, you know, I'm I'm very happy with top tens uh, for running twice a year. But but yeah, I still think I can win. I still think I got this chip on my shoulder, and I don't know if I'm delusional or not. But it's been two years since I've been in the Arca car, maybe three now, and I'd I'd jump back in in a heartbeat, not just at Pocono, but uh, but anywhere else if the opportunity ever presented itself. So let's not call it a throwback. Let's call it just opportunities for the future. Speaking of oh, opportunities for the... Not a chance in hell you'd be the crew chief or, or tire changer, you too. Oh, I mean, I'm a big guy. I, I probably can I could probably fuel the car. 
Practice, 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 practice. All right. I mean, I'll square, square peg, round hole. Square yeah. peg, round hole. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you know, as far as funding the car goes, um, I know, I know, there's a driver on the circuit right now, Ryan Truex, who's had some, a lot of success with his uh, his Go Ryan T-shirts. I think we should get some Go Nick T-shirts made. With an ARCA car, we'll just add another marketing effort to poke in a race yeah. with this year. Yeah, nah, we'll just Get talk, Nick we'll, in a car. We'll just talk to Eric. Tell him we need some. We need some some Go Nick T-shirts. That'd be wonderful. Yeah, I've been bugging Clay for a couple of years to do a charity match against me, but uh, but I haven't had I haven't had a chance to get him the bite. So I'll use this opportunity to put some more guilt and pressure on him. I'm down. We're down for that. I'll, I'll be there. Yeah, we'll be there. We'll be cheering. We'll cheer you on. Can we cheer you on at least? Sure, absolutely. Okay. That's good. Um, so, what happens if okay? Like hypothetical, you get in a ride, you run the arc race on Friday, mm-hmm. and you win. Mm-hmm. Are we sleeping Friday night, <laughs> or are we like where 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 does your where does you the fact that you are elated and won a race and we're going to be up hanging out in the infield versus CEO coming to play <laughs> for the NASCAR yeah, Xfinity or truck race? Like where where does your I just want to gauge this just in case it happens. It's going to be a tricky balance there. I guess there'd be a few beverages uh, that would be consumed that evening, but you know, I'm at a I'm at an age where uh, I don't need to spend all night partying it up with you guys in the infield. Um, yeah, I think there'd be a few beverages. Maybe maybe be a little late on Saturday morning, but definitely show up and <laughs> and grind it out, and then uh, maybe have a little bigger celebration Sunday night. So Nick, um, the one thing that was it was funny because we've talked about it, um, you know, when we uh, did the uh, the tricky chronicles with the the Blaney's balloons and the uh, the the happy camper, the happy dumper camper with the uh, with the stuff uh, that we would not talk about poop on this podcast. But um, you were the one, for the record, who brought up poop. That's true. He did do um, that in in your interview. So uh, thank you for instituting poop into the first Pocono Raceway podcast powered by ESPN eight forty. <laughs> Um, we appreciate your time as a guest. We will uh, see you later this afternoon when we come back. And uh, we couldn't be more thrilled and uh, proud of the non-retired ARCA Series driver and Pocono <laughs> Raceway CEO, Nick Dosky. Nick, thanks so much for joining us. All right, guys. Have fun. Thanks, see, Nick. So, I mean, that was – I mean, you couldn't get more than that. I mean, we got educated – Beyond belief about the family. I mean, it's 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 unbelievable to work for a family like that. Work for an organization with so much history. I mean, um, you look through the racing roots of anyone else's story, and it's it's amazing to hear. Just that I, I've heard that story a million times. Listen, we could, we could have an entire podcast series just off the family and the history of the track itself. Nick just just barely scratched the surface there with with some of the the amazing stories and and about about Doc and Rose and and everything that's that uh, come from what they started in Philadelphia as, as doctors. Yeah. It's unbelievable. And, and, and the part of the story that, that Nick didn't share was, um, the, what they went through before they even were doctors was impressive. Um, you know, doc was uh, a military man. Mm-hmm. Um, there's still a, still a debate out if he was in the army or the air force or the Marines. I've heard all three. <laughs> um, but then he used the GI bill in order to go back to school and build a future for himself. And, um, and then Doc Rose went to school and I mean, to become doctors in their respective fields, I think they both went to Temple University mm-hmm. in Philly. Um, and, and to just then get involved in on, on a whim in motorsports, a yeah. spinach farm, like let's build a racetrack. All right, man. <laughs> and then the, and, and the vision they had, um, to talk to the Holman family, talk to the France family and mainly the Holman family originally, right. When we became an IndyCar mm-hmm. track, 
um, in the, in the early seventies when we built it. Um, you know, that was how, what are we going to do? Well, let's get an Indy 500 champ, Roger Warden, design a track. Let's make it a triangle. And a triangle, three different corners, three different lengths, right? Like it, it, it's amazing. I would never think of that. You look at, you look at the, the tracks in circuit, they're all ovals or, or D shaped ovals, a triangle. No, but never. And it hasn't been redone. I mean, there's no. that, there's that, there's that track in, there's a track in Mexico that looks kind of like similar to ours. I can't remember where where, the, where that is exactly, but that's very similar to us, and that's that's higher banked than our track. Mm-hmm. Um, so I would just love to know more about that track because I want to figure out a way to like get a car down there to test it. Maybe we'll get Nick's Arca car Ooh. to go down and test on the track that was built after Pocono Raceway. That's a good idea. Yeah. I like that. It's full circle and or full triangle, I guess. And we do it during spring break in Mexico. Oh, right before the race wow. season. Wait, that sounds like it's going to be a rough weekend. It'll be fine. It'll be fine. <laughs> Don't worry. Your boss said it was okay. Okay. All right. I'll meet you there. <laughs> um, so we are uh, uh, pretty much done, I think, with the first one, and we hope that everyone enjoyed it. Um, like I said, we're going to try to continue these and roll these through. Um, like I said, definitely tune in next week. Um, it is going to be an epic living legend from from what I've heard, this I, I'm I'm a little heartbroken that that I won't be here for it. But uh, I think what you have in store with our guest and and Kevin Teal in studio, you're, you, it's going to be a good one. I think it's going to be pretty epic. Um, and, and we can't give out any hints on who it's going to be because that would just ruin ruin the flair. Um, just have to listen to find out. Listen to find out. So thanks for tuning in to the first. Pocono Raceway Podcast, powered by ESPN 840. Uh, can't thank our wonderful friends here um, at Connoisseur Media here in Stroudsburg. They're fantastic to work with. Our producer, Norm. What's up, man? What's going on, guys? Oh, not too much. Um, Norm's the quiet one, but I feel, I feel like eventually we're going to have Norm on as like a third host if we ever get a, a third microphone or we'll share microphones. And of we course, give Norm like a whammo button, like when we just scrub, like yeah. some sound effects going. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna have to have sound effects. Yeah, I think that's what we need. Yeah, especially for that like Popeye one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, good. yours was good, but I, like, yeah, I can't like do, do better. Yeah. <laughs> well, uh, Frakes fans, thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you next week. You guys have a great week. See you before the Daytona 500. Yeah, I'm excited. See you guys later. Fan, thanks for listening to the Pocono Raceway podcast powered by ESPN 840. Join us next week as we interview seven-time NASCAR champion Jimmy Johnson.